Latino Stories, Historias Latinas, es un podcast que nace del proyecto de narrativas orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio, con entrevistas en español, inglés, and Spanglish. Welcome to Latino Stories. I'm Elena Fowles. My guests today are Eddie Vega and Anthony the Poet. Today, we're discussing the recent publication of Asina is How We Talk, a collection of Tejano poetry written in the language of la gente, um, and is described as a fresh and tasty morsel of language activism, a defense of that nepantla of the borderland between two cultures, two languages, two nations, where even how we accent our words which languages we speak and whether those languages are allowed to consort with each other become a political, personal, and possibly confrontational action. Bienvenidos a este episodio, Eddie and Anthony. Thank you. Thank yes. you for having us. Thank you for having us here. Can you please briefly introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, my name is Eddie Vega. I am originally from McAllen, Texas. I've uh, been living in San Antonio for most of the last, uh, I'd say about 25, maybe 30 years, I don't know, I stopped counting at some point. And uh, I also work as an educator, as a poet, a storyteller, and a spoken word artist. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, Anthony the Poet. I'm a three-time San Antonio Grand Slam poetry champion. Uh, I've performed my, my poetry all over the United States. And mostly I spend my time uh, writing poetry full-time now and working with kids all over the city and organizing poetry events here in San Antonio. Uh, I have been doing that for about 20 years now. I, are you from San Antonio? Originally from San Antonio, studied uh, up east and then came back and never left again. Great, great. I have to say, I love the title and description of this book, especially because I teach Latinx studies, which includes Spanish for bilinguals or heritage language learners. Tell me about working on this collection. Sure. Uh, I mean, it started out with a grant from the Luminaria Foundation. Uh, there were three grants. Uh, one is in literary arts, so I won that grant. And that's what got this, um, this really going, because I had the idea for it. But uh, it's good to have funding, because I wanted to pay the poets for their work. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to pay for an artist to do the cover. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did that. Isabel Castro did the cover. Mm -hmm. um, and then just, just to get going on, on the whole project. And um, it was a little difficult at first to try to get poems because uh, a lot of the poets, the, the, because of the grant, they needed to be new poems. Mm. And uh, I have a lot of lazy poet friends that <laughs> they just wanted to re just wanted to, like use a poem that they already had. Uh, but they were excited about it. I put out a call and I got a few responses in the call um, for, of, of submissions, but not as many as I wanted. And I also reached out to people that I knew um, to both have them put the call out to mm -hmm. and also for, for some of their work. So uh, I know a good, a good portion of the, the poets here are people that I've encountered in, uh, in the South Texas literary scene. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, why did you feel this was an important collection for our community especially our bilingual community? Um, I think because of, you know, I think it's, it's something that we talked about earlier, or you said earlier, that um, there's a little bit of, uh, 
of a trepidation, a fear, or a shame in speaking language, speaking Spanish improperly. Um, and even, even myself, I lived in Mexico for a year. Uh, I grew up speaking Spanish. It was my first language, but I lost a lot of it. And uh, I've had troubles. I don't, I don't really speak Spanish to native Spanish speakers because I'm afraid of saying the wrong words. Um, and then on the other side, you know, I know that I have a, a little bit of an accent when I speak my English, and the um, and I'm not saying that there's a and you know sometimes when I'm speaking to maybe people up north, then I know that I speak a little different, and they might I, I have a little bit of a fear that they're going to say something about that. So here we are, and then the pantla, and then between, right. and um, and that's what that's really what this this book is about is is cherishing that instead of being afraid to do it. No, we're going to champion it. We're going to be uh, speaking in the language, la lengua de la gente, you know, and however you want to, however you want to say the word. Because sometimes um, a Spanish or a Spanglish word is, makes a more sense to say than um, an English word or just a Spanish word. Absolutely, and I <clears throat> I like that the word itself, asina, right, is in there because a lot of times that very word is stigmatized, right, among oh, yeah. Spanish speakers and um, and a source of shame or it's, people, you know, might use it as a, as a way to shame um, others for their Spanish. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's funny that you, and, and that's, you know, that shouldn't be, right? It's, and we should be proud of the Spanish that we speak. And also, I'm not a linguist, but um, I know that uh, linguists say that um, if a word of uh, is used in a community, then that word is valid, right? Is if a group of people understand the the language or the word, the use um, of a particular word, then it's valid, mm -hmm. right? And we shouldn't try to um, police it, right? Um, and I I do like what you said because I I lived in the Midwest for you know almost thirty years. And um, so although I'm bilingual, my native language is Spanish, but being so far away, you know, and, and even though I, 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 I speak Spanish regularly, um, I teach Spanish in the classroom, um, there is some English and Spanish interference in, in both, right? Uh, um, I think uh, sometimes I have accent, an accent when I, a non-native, English speaker accent of when I speak English, but I also sometimes find myself with a not so clear native, you know, um, Spanish ac accent as if I wasn't a native speaker, right? And I think is that um, that tells a lot, and it, and it has nothing to do with our abilities to be bilingual, to speak both languages, to understand both languages that a lot of times go beyond, right, uh, the words that we speak is, is, is that cultural understanding is, like you said, the use of Spanish that would make more sense at, the, at that particular moment, right? Um, but it's also a, um, an expression of our identity, right, of growing mm -hmm. up into cultures and to languages, of being in contact with these two languages. Um, so I really like um, what what the collection they have, and I haven't gone through through the the book, but I imagine that some of the words um, oh, there's a lot of code switching um, in the in the works that that are here. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, back to the the Asina. Mm -hmm. Uh, from my understanding, Asina is actually archaic. Mm -hmm. It is a Spanish 
that used to be spoken uh, with that word, and that word was correct, you know, centuries ago. Right. And for whatever reason, it got it stuck around uh, among the, I guess, the pocho community, mm-hmm. right? And um, that was a word, you know, when I in my preface, um, I I talk about two things. One is that when I was uh, a freshman in high school. In McAllen, we had bilingual Spanish class and monolingual Spanish class. Mm-hmm. And uh, monolingual was for those who didn't know any Spanish at all, mm-hmm. uh, or the ones that wanted that knew Spanish and wanted to get a good grade. And bilingual was taught in Spanish, and it was to get your Spanish better. And my parents made me take the bilingual one. <laughs> and my I like uh, your parents. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my Spanish teacher um, was very very strict, and we were not allowed to use any English. And we were not allowed to use words that were improper. And asina was one of those words. And she made us put like a nickel or a penny or something into a jar every time we used the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I remember, and I hadn't, you know, I personally don't even, I don't use asina. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then all of a sudden in that class, there were like two or three girls that would be like, no, hombre, pues asina es, you know. And, and, and then they'd have to put the nickel or the penny in, right. Um, and then the other thing is that on, on the other side of the river, I go to my grandmother's house in Ciudad Mier, Tamaulipas, and uh, she got very upset because I couldn't roll my R's all of a sudden. Mm. And she said, esa, esa lengua um, perezosa, or, 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 you know, esa lengua... Um, floja. Floja. Yeah, she said floja. She wouldn't say perezosa, I'm sorry. She said floja. Esa lengua floja. You know, they can't roll their... You know, no, no, no hacen la R bien, etc. So she sat me with a dictionary... And I had to, you know, say words like ferrocarril over and over again, and uh, et cetera, so I could so I could roll my R again. Um, and neither one of those ladies, I think, would like my book because I mixed everything. I totally mixed everything up, uh, and that was the point of it. It was kind of like maybe thumbing my nose at the academy too, because uh, I don't know that you know it's either pure Spanish or it's pure English, but not both. Right, right. Um, Anthony, how were you? Um, how did you respond to this call to 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 write a poem in this collection? I was excited. I mean, I, first of all, I was very very uh, proud of Eddie getting a grant from Luminati. I think it's a it's a big deal for a poet to be getting uh, some money right. uh, from the city um, sponsoring a project that is so important. We talked about the importance of the book itself. Uh, it was very apparent at the at the book release. Uh, everybody was you could you could sense the the. Uh, the pride to have mm. uh, people listening to poets speaking in ways that, that were familiar to them and, and talking mm-hmm. about subjects that were very, very, very uh, close to their hearts. And so it, it's a, it was a very important project. I could, I could tell from the very beginning that it was going to be a big deal. Um, Eddie gathered some, some very talented poets, uh, all kinds, academic poets, slam poets, performance poets, jazz poets. There's a whole bunch of different people in here. Uh, from all kinds of backgrounds, and so it's come together. It's coalesced into a very nice book, and I look forward to, uh, especially the younger generations, uh, having this as a tool in their classrooms, uh, something to look at uh, when they write their own stuff, and I, I think it's going to be awesome. And your the, work, uh, sorry. Yes, yes, go ahead. <laughs> and your work, um, Anthony, do you um, also code switch, or do you only... Do you I, have poetry I, that's only in Spanish? No, no. I, uh, uh, I use a lot of street slang in my poetry. It's a very performance-based, uh, at least the, my, early, my early work. But um, more and more, I've been writing bilingually and in Spanish, too. Uh, so, so I mix up 
the culture is very often in all my writing and everything from, from the comedy stuff to the more serious love poetry, family stuff, uh, it's bound to have a little bit of, of spiciness in there and, and it's usually because of the language and the words that I choose. Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I have to interject because uh, what I love about Anthony's poems is sometimes he can rhyme something in English or something in Spanish. Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's, that's just, I mean, that's, that's what's, you know, I feel bad for, um, for poets that only do one language because mm -hmm. you're kind of limited yourself on uh, your vocabulary. Right. Uh, but this is totally open. Yeah, and that's skill, right? <laughs> to be able to rhyme in, in both languages or mix the two languages. And, and, it's, and fun. it's fun. It's fun. It's <laughs> fun. Um, Anthony, can you read um, a piece from, from I the... Can, I can read the piece that is in the book. See if you guys enjoy it. It's a... It's about a two-minute piece, so hopefully it's not... That's fine. That's great. Okay, yeah. Uh, I write a lot about tacos. Eddie and I have uh, actually had a great uh, poetry taco awards that were sponsored by a, an art gallery here in San Antonio. Uh, Eddie won the first one a few years back, and then I won the second one. We're slated for a third one. Um, but he is a, a, the official taco poet of Texas, <laughs> I understand. Okay, well, I need to be invited to <laughs> oh, all of this yes, gathering. Yes. Oh, you, will, you will be. You will be. He's on the, on the Texas, uh, are you on the Texas? Texas Taco Council, Texas yeah. Texas Taco Council, an official uh, position, I'm told. Uh, but uh, yes, this is one of, my, one of my favorite taco poems. As long as it's tender, pero not too aguada, I will probably order the tacos de carne guisada. There are days when I will pray upon my hands and knees for bean and cheese and even weep as I beg for dos the bacon and egg. When I was a kid, all my dad would ever get us was papas con huevo until we finally protested, por favor, papa, queremos algo nuevo. Sometimes it's los chiquitos de las taco trucks que yo canto, looking so holy they seem like they were dropped from the Virgen de Guadalupe Santo Manto, sprinkled on top with cebolla, limón, y un poquito de cilantro. And I still get confused when they make me choose between al pastor and carne asada. Les quiero decir, give me both, o no me den nada. It's muy sencillo, I'll do picadillo if I have to, it's fine. But unlike my tío, I don't want any little pieces of potato in mine. In honor of my grandmother's favorite, por todo lo que hizo, sometimes I will order taquitos de frijolitos con chorizo. A veces, what I most want is to find a little hole in the wall restaurant with tacos de chicharrones con chile tan picosos que te hacen llorar y sudar even though they're so deliciosos. Once a year, my vegetarian friends, who instead of meat would rather eat flowers and tree bark and even sacate, convinced me to try a taco made with fresh tomate con aguacate. And you should hear their sudden gritos when I introduce them to taquitos de nopalitos. And I don't mean to cause any controversial chispas with these poetic pipas, but I do love me a handmade flour tortilla filled with crispy, curly tripas. I did not know this as a child, but I surely know it now. They are definitely the smelly but super tasty entrails of a cow. For truly special occasions, just like Mick Jagger, I have a feathery pink boa that I use to wipe my cheeks as the grease drips down my face when I bite into my favoritos, tacos de barbacoa. 
There's nothing that really rhymes with lengua, but I have no problem in saying as this story is sung, I will walk into any congalito or nogalitos and say, come on people, just give me some tongue. This is Taco City, USA way, and you'll find good ones in every direction away. Tacos, tacos, all kinds of tacos, the list never ends. But the best tacos of all are the ones that we share with familia and friends. Bravo! <laughs> I love it. Uh, Anthony, you're going to come and, and uh, perform for my students and maybe do a little workshop because this is, this I is great. To. And this is more of a, if I was standing up and I had a stage, it's more of a performance piece, but uh, mm -hmm. I did my best sitting at a table. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. You're constrained yes. <laughs> to the mic. Um, um, Eddie and Anthony, what projects or initiatives are you working on for 2023? Mm, well, uh, first thing for me is to promote this book and put it in the hands of, uh, of every child in South Texas mm. <laughs> or mm. uh, as many places as possible. So that's, that's the first thing. So this, just, this just came out in December. Right. And uh, so that's one thing. I have a lot of projects in my head. Uh, I want to, and I don't know if this will be 2023 or not, but... Um, I might expand this and, and have some short stories or something, and, and so that's another book. Um, I have this crazy idea that I want to do spoken a spoken word album, uh, but with kind of like a Tejano uh, a bent to it, you know, as far as the music background, like something's gonna it's gonna have to have an accordion uh, in my spoken word. So then that's another um, project, and there's always things coming up. I I uh, was lucky, uh, blessed to be selected to have poems on San Pedro Creek. Um, yeah. So I'm working on I'm working on that and um, other other projects around the city that, that you know I might get asked to do. Right. What about you, Anthony? I yeah uh, I I was recently uh, the recipient of a, a big grant from the city and um, part of that I'm using to publish my second to self publish a, a second collection of poetry so I I plan to have that coming out in the next few months. Um, the big thing in San Antonio is a National Poetry Month. It has one of the most vibrant National Poetry Months in, in the whole country here in San Antonio. Um, and so I'm one of the big organizers for a bunch of these events. So already I'm looking forward to um, Viva Poesia, which is a big public uh, poetry um, community project that we started nine years ago. And that just keeps getting bigger and bigger every year. It's held at the historic um, Mission Marquis Plaza here in San Antonio on the south side of, uh, of, of town. And uh, it's, it's uh, now the official blast off, the kickoff to National Poetry Month in San Antonio. And, and so when is this? That is every April. This year it's on April 1st, I believe, on April Fool's Day. Yeah. Um, but um, last year we did a tribute to musical greats from the city and poets uh, wrote, uh, commissioned pieces about uh, people who have been uh, vital to the city's musical um, Heritage, and mm -hmm. we had a we had a, some some musicians that that, that that blew everybody's brains out, and mm -hmm. uh, the poets were amazing. And it's uh, at the World Heritage um, offices, uh, um, big Mission Marquis Plaza, which mm -hmm. is outdoors. The family come there, and it's it's just a wonderful event. And uh, that's just one of the highlights for all of the wonderful National Poetry Month things that that I'm going to be working on this year once again. Uh, I know Eddie's very active. National Poetry Month as well, so um, 
it's a, it's it's January and it's time to get those things moving. Oh, I bet, so especially because that yeah, they're, they're big events. Yeah, they've already yeah. asked uh, uh, us for events for April so that we can uh, plan and put in it. We have a cal a calendar comes out mm -hmm. every year. Um, so Jim Lavilla Havlin, I think, puts that together mm -hmm. here in town, and, and uh, I have an open mic um, in at uh, the Dakota for poetry. So that'll be in there. I think we'll have like some special events. Uh, instead of just the open mic, we're gonna have like maybe like a, a feature, mm -hmm. uh, some feature poets there, people who are uh, having books. Uh, I like to I like to feature some of our local um, writers who are publishing books. Well, as a as a new person in San Antonio, I look forward to like participating in all of these things and learning. So thank you so much for for um, sharing with us the work and and the events coming up. Where can we find the book? Sure. Athena is how we talk. Uh, it's published through Flower Song Press. Mm -hmm. So if, uh, if you go to uh, flowersong.com, I think that's what it is. Um, just look up Flower Song in, uh, in your Google search, Flower Song Books, Flower Song Press, and you will find all of the, you know, my other book is in there too, Chichara Chorus is also published through them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where you find me, uh, or you find me on, on the social media as El Tacolico, the <laughs> the Tacoholic, right? Um, and um, Eddie, do you have a poem in here? I do. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Anthony's, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to follow him, but I guess I can. Um, let's, let's, let's hear one of your poems. <laughs> yes. You know, and like a, like a typical poet uh, who does a feature doesn't know where their own poems are and stuff, <laughs> so they have to like leaf through. Well, while he does look through that book, uh, uh, I would like to just. Uh, Say that uh, Get Creative San Antonio, which is the, uh, the creative uh, arts uh, agency here in San Antonio, has a complete listing of all the literary things that go on in the city. Any uh, uh, Eddie's events, my events, anything that's happening is, mm -hmm. uh, is on their calendar. So getcreativesanantonio.com uh, is a very, very excellent place to find out where all these um, wonderful events. art and literary mm -hmm. and music events, uh, culture events are happening um, year round here in San Antonio. Okay, I found it. It doesn't matter. It could be lunes or martes, sábado or a veces en el Sunday. Pero cada vez que entro al Culebro Meat Market, nombre pues empieza la cumbia. Pero for real, se abren las puertas and I walk in y puro menea de mis hips y mis hands go up como asina. Because every time I'm walking in, Ahí están Los Ángeles Azules, o Los Tucanes de Tijuana, Sonoro de Dinamita, o por somebody cumbiando, you know. But the worst, or, or the best, it's whatever, is when they play Fito Olivares. You know, I don't just mean Juana la Cubana. No, the other day they were playing, Se me sube el colesterol, mi amorcito. And I was dancing while looking for food. Se me sube el colesterol. And everything I put into my basket was subiendo my cholesterol. Mi amorcito. Eggs. Me sube el colesterol. And some bacon. Me sube el colesterol. Pan dulcito. Me sube el colesterol. Chicharrones. Que subele, que subele, que subele, que subele. And I'm dancing all the way to the cajera. The viejitas are smiling. The viejitos just nod their heads. Los chamaquitos are meneando in their shopping carts. And my hips are swaying while I'm paying. Y la cajera, como si nada, como un stone, parada ahí nomás, 24.53. It's like the music stops, and I wonder if maybe she prefers corridos instead. Pero not me, porque cada vez que entro al Culebra Meat Market on the Bandera Road, 
it's time to cumbia. Excellent. <laughs> and I guess also if you are from San Antonio and hear that, you know exactly what what you're talking about right, in your poem. Right, because there's like, there's like a Culebra meat market, not on Culebra Road. So they're like... Right, right. <laughs> they're everywhere. There's like one on Culebra, I think, or two, and then the rest are everywhere else. Everywhere. Um, Eddie and Anthony, gracias por esta conversación. Mm, thank you. Thank gracias. you for having us. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima.